0: It's another edition of the Deep Slant Podcast. I'm your host, DP Suthi. We've got a great podcast for you today. Obviously, Sunday night football against the Cowboys. We've got Bernardrick McKinney, inside linebacker for the Houston Texans, signed a contract extension this offseason. Now in his fourth year, we sit down with him and talk about what it was like that moment where he signed the contract extension and how he's changed heading into this season. Also, we've got David Hellman, writer for Cowboys, DallasCowboys.com. We talk about this Sunday's upcoming matchup, how different these two teams were in 2014. And uh, we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, the Houston Texans spend countless hours prepping for game day. That's why they rely on Bose QuietComfort 35 headphones, too, to block out distractions and focus on what matters most. Powerful noise-canceling technology helps you do the same. Concentrate on your music, your work, or whatever you're passionate about with the QC35 Wireless Headphones 2.0. You can learn more at bose.com/texans. Bose, the exclusive sound of the Houston Texans. And also, if you're out and about this weekend, check out Freddie's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. Twelve locations with three new locations opening soon: Fulcher, Kingwood, and Porter. And uh, their food truck is custom designed to bring steak burgers, fries, and frozen custard right to your door, right to your event. Be sure to check out Freddie's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers. All right, let's get into it. With Bernardrick McKinney, B-Mac. He's the guy with the very shiny car and now very shiny ties. We talked about his fashion and his new nickname that he's got. He's not really Bernardrick anymore. He might just be Bernard or Rick. So take a listen. Bernardrick McKinney on the Deep Slant Podcast. All right. I don't know if you know this, but you have been a topic of conversation for some of us. Uh, Mark Vandermeer did not know that the ties you were wearing to games were metal. He said something about your style being very... Like nothing new about your style, and mm-hmm. and we a few of us said, Mark Bernard has been wearing ties that are like chrome and gold. Mm-hmm. He had not noticed. So guess what we got, oh, guess what he got for his birthday this week? He yeah. got a chrome tie.
1: Oh, so that's like
0: what's up. the two <laughs> the two of you could be wearing the same tie. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just putting that out. I'm there. about to
1: change it up again. Yeah. You're gonna
0: have to. If you see Mark wearing your tie, then probably you got to change it up a little bit. Yeah. You got a little bit of a different look. You got the shorter hair. Mm-hmm. So I, I heard somebody saying that you're either Bernard or Rick, but you're not Bernard Rick.
1: <laughs> yeah, anyway. um, they tried to change my name, say I look, uh, <laughs> I'm look, Bernard now. But, I mean, like I tell everybody, I like changing it up. So You do? You yeah, do. so maybe next season I might grow my hair back. So
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, look, I like it. I think you should always change your hair yeah. up. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that. All right, you know, I wanted to ask you about minicamp because back in this offseason, Bill O'Brien said that you – were in the best shape of your career, he thought mm-hmm. as far as your body composition mm-hmm. and how you sort of came into the off season mm-hmm. would you say that's true? Did you feel like you were in the best shape
1: absolutely that's that's hundred percent true um uh last couple of seasons uh playing like at two sixty two now uh like two fifty I feel unbelievable uh just running i can uh last a lot longer i know uh being that way at two sixty I had a lot of back problems uh uh, getting to me, but now I'm in the best shape. Um, changed my eating habits just a little bit, uh, trying to eat right, but uh, I feel unbelievable.
0: So you dropped some weight yeah, this offseason. Yeah. How much is a lot?
1: Like I said, I was like 262. I'm like 250. Um,
0: oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that's – that's. well, it seems like a lot of people have changed their diets this offseason with the new, uh, the yeah. new nutrition and yeah. sports performance and everything. So that was right around the time that you signed your contract extension. Mm-hmm. Was that – very much a factor for you wanting to change your body composition and to get into to the the shape that you're in now?
1: Yeah, uh it just um just uh the last couple of years just uh just being that big having to uh, cover fast running backs uh kind of hurt me. But uh, Luke, uh, lad, doing a great job with the nutrition, um, the body comps, and all that. Doing a great job, and I just uh, feel more flexible. Feel like I can run faster. I just, I just feel, I just feel a little better than I did last year.
0: Did you have to cut certain foods out of your diet? Because I was talking to Will <laughs> Fuller about this. He, he did the opposite. He gained weight. Mm-hmm. So he told me he was eating spaghetti like three times a day. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it'd be easier to gain weight, but that's just me. Yeah. So if to lose weight, what, what did you have to? Is there something that you lo- love eating that you had to sort of give up?
1: Yeah, um, it wasn't even that. It, it was, like, I, I'm big, but I, I really didn't eat that much. Like, my eating habits was bad. So, it's um, on an off day or something, I probably would eat breakfast and probably wouldn't eat again until later on that day. But now, uh, Lad is doing a great job, just uh, making me eat a lot of protein and just, just being consistent like I was um, in college because we had meal plans and we had to eat. It made us eat, and I was, like, 242 then, but it – I would say it's just my eating habits were not eating a, eating enough protein, just eating junk food, chips, and uh, sometimes Wendy's. But, uh, <laughs> sometimes, yeah, yeah. yeah. So.
0: So then you signed the contract extension. You know, I'm sure that was a big moment for you to be on your second contract and to really know that this organization wants you here mm-hmm. for the future. What was sort of your emotions going through that process when you actually? sign that sign the extension
1: um i can remember uh i was uh chilling uh, with my homeboy and my agent called me and uh told me what was going on and um i instantly i mean i got happy i mean at first i wasn't really thinking about it because i wasn't i mean I, w- I wasn't really thinking about it because i didn't want to stress over it but uh when it happened uh it was a good relief uh made me a little emotional uh to be able to take care of my family and all that but uh it was a, it was a great honor. Um, for the Texans to be able to trust me uh, with that type of money and just believe in me, so.
0: I would imagine as a dad, that's a huge weight sort of lifted off your shoulder that you've got a little bit of job st- stability. You get mm-hmm. to stay in Houston mm-hmm. for the next few years.
1: Yeah, I mean it's great. Houston is a great city. Uh, I come from Mississippi, uh, Tonkin, Mississippi. Nothing uh, really, really there. Uh, small population, but uh, just moving to Houston, it's uh, been a great change for me, and I love it.
0: All right, so fourth season. Romeo Cornell said you're sort of like the big fish in a little pond. When you came in, you were the little fish in a big pond. Yeah. You seem to adjust so quickly to the defense in year one, and now you're in year four. So where do you think you've improved, and where are the, what are the areas that you still want to get better in?
1: Uh, what I think I improved in is just being the leader on this defense. We have a lot of great players, especially when I came in, having to uh, get a calls out to guys like Vince Wilfork. Just I had to grow up real fast. The guys like Cush and uh, Rabel did an unbelievable job just teaching me to be a leader. But now I just I just feel a lot more comfortable. Just trying to help the young guys out, like the older guys help me out, and just just play football. Just try to get everybody lined up and have fun.
0: Is there anywhere that you think that you still want to improve your game?
1: Yeah, uh, most definitely. Just. Just being a little more, uh, just being a little more consistent with playing. I mean, I, I mean the coaches. Uh, I, I do all right. How I feel, I feel like I do all right. But just being a little more consistent, just just helping other guys out, just trying to get the defense to be on the same page. Um, every play, not some of the times. Just try to, just be a lead on the defense every play. When, even when I'm tired or even when we're down, if we have a bad play, just try to be consistent with getting everybody lined up.
0: I think when I hear the coaches talk about you, that's the word that sort of comes up the most is leader, your mm. leadership skills. Mm. And you played quarterback. I know we've talked about mm. this, you know, back yeah. back in the day you played quarterback. Yeah. And I I feel like I read somewhere that you said it was your dad that really taught you how to be a yeah. leader at a young yeah. age. Yeah. Like what was the lesson your dad taught you? How do you teach leadership to a, um, to a kid?
1: It's just um, – Growing up, like, every day, all the kids just come to my uh, my house. My coaches, I mean, my dad used to always uh, have us doing drills, football, basketball, basketball, shooting threes, but everybody used to, my friends just look up to me, like, even now, like, if if, if I'm on an off day, my friends to look at me like, hey, what are we doing today? And I'd be like... <laughs> You're the leader of fun? I'd like, yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> why you can't figure out what we're doing? It was like, no, you, you find out what we're doing. So, it, it's just, uh, I don't know, it just... It just kind of happened, and uh, I grew into it. And every college, I mean, high school playing quarterback, college playing inside linebacker, and it just it kind of came easy, just uh, just to be a leader.
0: Was your dad a coach?
1: No, my dad actually he he was a quarterback in high school.
0: Your dad was a yeah. quarterback, so he would just have you and your friends come over, and yeah, he day. would like keep you all busy. Yeah. Do you think he'll be? Do Do you do that with your kids now too?
1: Oh yeah, my son, he he's always he always has a ball in his hand.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he's he's like a mini you, by the way. I've seen your Instagram <laughs> stories. All right, um Dak Prescott, you're gonna face him mm-hmm. on Sunday. You guys were teammates at Mississippi mm-hmm. State. Y- you speaking of being a leader, he was sort of the leader on the offense mm-hmm. and you were the leader on the defense, yeah. right?
1: Uh Dak, he's a he's a competitor. Um in college we always compete, uh every day, day in and day out. I always uh me and him always brought juice uh to practice. It it never was a, a dull, dead, um, Tiring practice. We always had, we always had fun, even offense or defense. So,
0: do you think that his game has changed at all since you saw him? Because he sort of had that skill set even mm-hmm. at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. What he was able to do. Have you? I know you guys have watched a little bit of mm-hmm. film on him. How different does he look to you now?
1: I don't know. He always, like I said, he always been a competitor. Uh, he always competed. He always didn't show fear uh, on the field. He, like I say he's a, he's a great competitor, but. Um, I mean, I've seen a lot of plays. Uh, he 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 made in college a lot of big plays for Mississippi State, and uh, he's still doing the same thing. So it's kind of hard to try to see what what, he, what he's changed now.
0: It's it seems like between him and then Ezekiel Elliott. First of all, you guys have faced some good running backs mm-hmm. this year, but then Ezekiel Elliott, he might be one of the biggest challenges mm-hmm. that you face this year. What makes these backs so hard to bring down? First of all, they're so big. First of all, I would imagine that'd be part of it.
1: Yeah, uh, it is kind of. Um, Hard playing guys like that because they're they're very explosive. They're good out of the, I mean uh, in the backfield and they're good in space. They're good running routes. It, it's kind of hard playing against guys like that. But I mean we have a, a great strong defense. Uh, we're just gonna get a, 11 guys to him every play and just just tackle and rally and just have fun.
0: How do you feel this defense is coming together? Obviously you see mm-hmm. J Watt, mm-hmm. uh, AFC Defensive Player of the Month, and then Clowney what he was able to do in the last game. Now you sort of see the pieces coming together. How exciting is it to get to play behind those guys? It's,
1: it's very exciting. JJ is unbelievable to watch. He he makes a lot of a lot of plays for us, uh, a lot of big plays at that. JD is very explosive. I like playing with him. Me and him always um uh, talking on the field, uh, even if I'm if I'm getting on him or he's uh, getting on me. I mean, we have a lot of fun on the field. We always like last game really Show what we really could be as a team, just having fun. We brought a lot of juice to that game. We played together, and it was fun just seeing them guys make plays. And then
0: the linebackers group. I know last year we talked a lot about Dylan Cole, and obviously – really unfortunate the injury that he had this year but then you have duke edge so it seems like every year you've got a new linebacker that sort of comes in and and does some nice things Mm -hmm. right off the bat Mm -hmm. how much you sort of take them under your wing and Mm -hmm. and what is that like sort of that process of getting them up to speed
1: yeah rack always when i was a rookie i always said is always the next man uh unfortunately dylan had to suffer an injury he's a great great athletic player like he's super athletic but it's unfortunate that um he, uh, he was so injury. much fun to watch yeah, too. Yeah, he's 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 very fast. But Duke, he's doing an unbelievable job taking the coaching. Don't really say too much, but if he if he if you he need help, you can tell he he'll come to you and ask like, what do I do on this? But he's a great coach. I mean, unbelievable uh, player uh, on the field, and I, I just love seeing him make plays. So.
0: All right, Sunday night, you guys face the Cowboys here at home. Mm-hmm. What do you know about this rivalry? Because you weren't really here the last no, time these two teams played. No, I wasn't really here. I just You've seen them in the preseason. That's just not the same as a primetime Sunday night matchup, yeah, though. Yeah,
1: but I can tell it's different because a, a lot of people have been hitting me up trying to uh, get, tickets get tickets to the game. <laughs> a lot of people been trying to get tickets to the game. But it's going to be a great game for the fans, a great uh, opportunity for us to play against them, and uh, I'm looking forward to it.
0: We're looking forward to seeing you as well, Bernard. Yes, as always, thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Good stuff from Bernardrick opening up about leadership and where he first learned it from his dad growing up. And I like that the that his friends and his teammates sort of turn to him as the leader of fun, too. When they don't know what to do, they always ask BMAC uh, for some good ideas. All right, also here with uh, good ideas always uh, on this Sunday's matchup. We always check in with our opposing beat writer, and this week it's David Hellman. He's a writer for DallasCowboys.com. He was there when the two teams faced each other in 2014. We talk about how different the two teams look. No Tony Romo, no Jason Witten. Uh, The Cowboys team is very different, and so is the Texans team for that matter. So the two of them go up against each other. And what the challenges are going to be facing this Cowboys team, David Hellman talks all about it. How much fun is it to talk about this Dallas-Houston rivalry all week? I know we've talked about it when the schedule came out, but this week in particular, how much fun are you guys having up there?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's it sucks because it's AFC-NFC, so it doesn't get to happen that often. I mean, I know that the Texans and Cowboys have linked up in the preseason plenty of times, but it's obviously a little bit different in the regular season. I was here for uh the overtime game in 2014 up here in Dallas which was a ton of fun uh I'm I'm really excited to get down there. I've actually never been to Houston for for a regular season game before so uh I you know it's it's cool to see the state kind of come alive for this game. It doesn't happen that often.
0: Yeah, I was actually here for that very first inaugural game in 2002 and I think that 2014 game was so much fun. The Texans fans traveled so well to Dallas. I'm sure Dallas fans will not disappoint by traveling to Houston as they usually do coming down to NRG Stadium. But speaking of that 2014 game, how much has changed with the Cowboys and the Texans in just a few short years I mean, you talk about Des Bryant and Jason Witten being gone now. Tony Romo is now this announcer that, you know, everybody looks to on Sundays to talk about the games. You know, how different does this team look? And let's just start it off by talking about the quarterback, because I think that's the big question this year. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's looked pretty good in the wins. Uh, You know, how has he evolved in his first three years?
2: You're not wrong. I mean, gosh there might only be two guys left on this roster who were even here in 2014. Even, you know, Sean Lee, who was one of those holdovers, he didn't play in that 2014 season. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of different faces and, and none more important than Dak Prescott. You're absolutely right. It's it's going to be interesting to see how this evolves down the stretch because, you know, through a quarter of the season, you know, you got to be blunt. He's he's had his share of struggles. Uh, the, the passing game hasn't been there. He's been effective as a runner. Uh, he's obviously gotten the Cowboys to 2-2, two and two, but he really only looked like that 2016 rookie of the year in one game, which was this, this most recent game against the Lions, you know. Uh, it looked like he really buckled down. His long balls were a lot more accurate than they have been. He was hitting games in the passing game. Uh, and obviously, you know, when you have Ezekiel Elliott setting a career high for total yardage, that, that always helps. So... Uh, you know, he played his best game most recently. So, obviously, the hope here in Dallas is that he can keep that going. Uh, but, like I said, it, it's going to be interesting to see because it's kind of been a roller coaster for Dak to this point in year three. Yeah,
0: I definitely want to ask you about Ezekiel Elliott. But as far as uh, Jason Witten and Des Bryant, the two big losses this offseason for the Cowboys, you're right. Prescott, he still threw for over 200 yards, 255 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. But how have you seen the offense adapt now without those two on the field who else has stepped up in their place or or do they really just spread the ball around outside of Ezekiel Elliott
2: to be perfectly honest I mean that was that was the storyline going into this year and through a month the Cowboys don't have a great answer Um, they've been spreading it around you know Jeff Swain is your starting tight end he's been he's been solid he hasn't been you know the reliable presence that Jason Witten was and you know, the Cowboys have had flashes. The, the rookie Michael Gallup had a really nice downfield catch the other day. Uh, Alan Hearns has been okay. And then there's, there's Tavon Austin who kind of does a variety of things. Uh, kind of reminds me, honestly, watching the Texas on tape of, of y'all's guy Kiki Kuti, just in terms of, of the things he can do moving left to right on the line of scrimmage uh, just with his speed. But, they do not have a consistent threat other than Zeke. He is kind of the engine that makes this thing go, and uh, I don't think it's a surprise that he's had really, really good games when they've lost, and he he hasn't been able to – I mean, excuse me, he's had really, really good games when they've won, and he hasn't been able to get going when they've lost. Uh, they got to find a guy who can step up and, and help him out. And, and to this point, I think that's been a story is that we're still waiting to see who that is.
0: Yeah, it's been astounding what Ezekiel Elliott has been able to do in those wins. This last Sunday, 152 yards rushing. He led the receivers with 88 yards receiving and a touchdown. I mean, it's really no secret that he's a key cog in that offense, but what is it about him that makes him so hard to defend both on the ground and in the air?
2: Yeah, this recent game against the Lions was really, it's a wrinkle that, to be totally honest, we hadn't seen. Zeke is a a capable receiver. He's a good route runner. He's an outstanding blocker. He's such a well-rounded running back. But 88 yards in the passing game is something that we don't see around here that often, especially since a few of those balls came a pretty good distance downfield. You know, he he picked up 31 on the pass from Dak that set up the game-winning field goal. And honestly, I'm curious to see if that's something we see more of. You know, as I said, they haven't had a receiver step up and be a reliable threat, why not work Ezekiel Elliott into that? Because I do think he's capable of doing it. He had 29 touches uh, yesterday or on Sunday. Excuse me. The guy's only, you know, 24 years old. Uh, I think he's every bit as capable of a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell, you know, guys who can affect the game all over the field. Uh, and I think while you're looking for one of these receivers to, to step up and take that next step forward, I would lean on him as heavily as possible. Uh, so I look for him to continue to be that involved, you know, as they move into the, the second quarter of the season.
0: It seemed like he was a little bit banged up in that game. You know, is there anything to be concerned about for his status for Sunday?
2: Uh, they're calling it knee bursitis, and he's got a little bit of an ankle. Um, but you know, it, it didn't stop him from finishing the game. It didn't stop him from beating a linebacker in one-on-one coverage to, to kind of clinch it. Um, so I I don't think it's going to be a problem for him going forward. I wouldn't be surprised if if maybe they lighten his load in practice this week, but uh, I think he should be fine, you know, come Sunday night.
0: Well, David, I was going to say they should just rest Ezekiel Elliott for a week, but, you know, (laughs) maybe you can just pass that along on my behalf. Uh, What about the O-line? I know Zach Martin and Nick Martin, the two brothers, they're going to get to not really face each other, but they'll be on the same field for the same game, and everyone talks about that Cowboys O-line. How much... Does the strength of that O-line really limit how much scrambling Dak has to do? Last week he really only had a couple of yards rushing uh, on 3 carries. Is that just because of what the O-line is able to do with him or is do you see that role changing as far as what Dak is expected to do?
2: It's funny cuz you know here in Dallas, you know, going all the way back like we said, going back to 2013, 2014, they have gotten used to having a dominant O-line. They have gotten used to having running backs run for 100, 150 uh, even push toward 200 yards. I mean, even going back to DeMarco Murray. But maybe the Cowboys are a little bit spoiled, but it hasn't looked as good as it has in recent years. Uh, you've seen some growing pains. Obviously, you know, it, it's not good for anybody that your all pro center, Travis Frederick, is currently uh, sidelined by a sickness. There's no timetable for his return. Joe Looney is playing very well in his place, but it's still not quite the same as having the best center in football. You got a rookie guard and Connor Williams next to him. And then, to be perfectly blunt, the tackles, Tyron Smith and and Lyle Collins, you know, Tyron Smith is arguably the best left tackle in football coming into the season. He hasn't been bad, but he hasn't played to that standard. And I I would probably say the same thing about Lyle. I think there's a lot of offensive lines in the NFL that would kill uh, to have this talent. But at the same time, they have not played up to the standard that has been set in this city, you know, over the last four or five years. So it's good – I think it still needs to improve uh, if they're going to keep Dak clean and if they're going to get this offense up to the level they want it to be at. Because uh, same thing I said about Dak, it's, it's kind of been up and down. They've played well in stretches. They've played really poorly in stretches. Uh, I don't think they're going to get where they want to go until they find some consistency.
0: All right, let's switch gears and talk about that defense. Demarcus Lawrence, he had a 3 sack game against Matthew Stafford and three TFLs. What's been the strength of that defensive front for the Cowboys?
2: I mean... A lot of guys in this defense have played really well, but I I can't say enough about DeMarcus Lawrence. You know, I knew he was a good player. He obviously had 14 and a half sacks last year. He made the Pro Bowl. He's playing on a $17 million franchise tag. We knew he was a good player, but he is emerging as a, you know, Von Miller, Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald sort of force. I mean, he's really... The only bona fide playmaker on this defensive front, you know that defenses have a game plan for him going in, uh, and it hasn't stopped him at all. I know, you know, J.J. Watt down there is off to a fantastic start as well, and DeMarcus is right there with him. I mean, five and a half sacks through four games. The Lions entered that week four game having only allowed three sacks in three games, and he doubled that all by himself. Um, I can't say enough about him. I expect him to be the focal point of opposing game plans through the rest of the season. But to this point, it it hasn't really mattered uh, because he is on pace for another uh, whale of a season. And and I think he's got a big payday in his near future, too.
0: You mentioned Sean Lee. He was one of the guys that was on the roster back in that 2014 game. A veteran linebacker like Lee hasn't been able to go. What's been the situation with him and, and how does the defense adjust if he can't go again on Sunday night?
2: Yeah, well, we got a preview of it uh, last week against the Lions. It's, you know, it seems like it's been hamstring problems for Sean for several years now. You know, he missed five or six games last year with a hamstring. He injured it in week three against Seattle. Couldn't go last week against Detroit. Uh, you know, it's, it's a scary proposition for the Cowboys because last year uh, when Sean Lee couldn't play, it was a completely different defense. I mean, they couldn't stop a nosebleed when he wasn't in the lineup last year. Uh, and it looks like they may be taking steps to fix that this year. They drafted Leighton Vander 19th overall, uh, to help offset that problem. Dalen Smith has taken another big step forward in his development after that injury that he suffered. Uh, and they signed a really capable free agent at a Green Bay named Joe Thomas, who has played well in stretches, which, you know, it wasn't perfect. You obviously prefer to have an all-pro linebacker like Sean Lee available. Uh, but they got the job done against Detroit, which is something they couldn't say last year. So. It doesn't look like Sean's going to be available for this game. Uh, and so I think it'll look really similar. I think they'll lean on Jalen Smith and Leighton vanderesh and hope that they can continue to play as well as they have.
0: All right, David, the Cowboys obviously sitting at two and two. Those two losses that they had came against Carolina and Seattle, like you mentioned. What do you think was the big difference in those two games versus the two wins? What was it that they were able to do in the, in the winning games that they weren't able to do against uh, Carolina and Seattle?
2: Well, I think, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sound like a coach for a second, but they did not execute well in those games at all. Um, Especially Carolina, you go back and and it looks like a horror show. I mean, there's, there's, there's pre-snap penalties. There's holding calls. Uh, They're not able to keep that clean. They're not able to keep the chains in a manageable distance. You saw a lot of first and 20, second and 15, third and 18 in that game. And this is not an offense that's going to succeed that way. Uh, I think, Dak Prescott is a perfectly good quarterback, but he's not the guy that you want to dig you out of a situation like that. They need to keep the chains moving. They need to keep it in short downs and distances by running with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, And the, the baffling thing about the Seattle game is they ran really well. They ran for 166 yards against that Seattle defense, but they just couldn't get anything going in their passing game. Uh, A little bit of that was on the offensive line. A little bit of that was on the quarterback. And and you obviously have to tip your cap to a defense like Seattle's, which that's what's so interesting to me about this trip to Houston is they've been pretty good when they've been at home. They have looked pretty bad when they've been on the road. And we all know how much talent is on that Houston defense. I mean, Clowney, Watt, Merciless, Matthew. uh, They got a lot of guys there, regardless of what their record is, that are going to make life difficult. And uh, I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys handle it because their first two hurt games, uh, they have not passed that test. So we'll see if they can learn from those experiences in their third one.
0: It certainly will be a fun one here Sunday night in Houston. Uh, David, what are some of the storylines you guys are watching up there in Dallas this week?
2: Well, I think this entire season is one way or another going to be about Dak Prescott. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott is, is the guy to watch. You know, he's, he's the league's leading rusher. He's on pace to have even more yards than he did in 2016 when he was the rushing champ. Uh, But like I said, I mean, Zeke ran for 127 in Seattle, and it didn't help the Cowboys one lick because their passing game couldn't get going, which this team's going to go as the quarterback goes, as is the case in pretty much every NFL city, which Dak Prescott has played two good games and gotten two wins, and he's played two bad games, and they've lost those. Um, It's going to be about consistency for him. And, you know, we said before the season started – this season is going to be about Dak because, you know, you talk about contract extension, you talk about future of the franchise. uh, You know, can Dak be the guy to get this team where it wants to go? Uh, And I'm, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be a week by week uh, test for him to see if he's up to that. We saw what it looked like when things were good in 2016. We saw what it looked like when things were bad last year. It's been a little bit of a mixed bag here, Um, but I really think this team can be as good as he is. And uh, I'm just, fascinated and i know all cowboys fans uh have an eye on you know how he measures up to that challenge
0: all right good stuff david hellman writer for DallasCowboys.com. all of texas will be watching the entire nation will be watching on sunday night as the cowboys come to houston david looking forward to seeing you down here and safe travels
2: absolutely thank you very much can't wait
0: hopefully the cowboys can keep that road streak going they haven't won one yet on the road this season that's going to do it for our podcast be sure to check out itunes TuneIn, or stitcher leave a review if you can and as always uh that's going to do it for us check out houstontexans.com for all the latest uh the podcast is there as well you can always check out the page for these individual interviews some they're up on video too bernard the video version of that is up there as well and uh if you have any questions or anything be sure to tweet me at deep that's going to do it for this week thanks for listening and as always go texans